everyone, welcome to episode three of Inside the Pavilion. Today, I'm joined by one of our great sponsors from Solar Heart, Melbourne and Mornington Peninsula, the general manager, Jared Clark, who played a handful of games for Victoria, played for Richmond and Ringwood in the Premier competition and came down and coached at Sorrento and Tookaroo Cricket Clubs. I've had the pleasure of... Uh, Learning under Jared uh, for a number of years, and I think it'll be a great chat getting him on uh, to talk about where he thinks uh, cricket is at at the moment um, after being involved in a lot of pathway programs. So, Jared, thanks for joining us. Thanks, AJ. Great to be involved, and um, it's awesome what you're doing, mate. So, love, love, love the chance to be involved. So, first of all, mate, let's just uh, get back to where your cricket started um, before, you know, you went into the Premier ranks, where you, you played your juniors and how you got into it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was quite interesting. I actually went back this year to my very original club where my dad used to play and um, I went back and did a bit of, uh, you know, I offered some coaching sessions for him just, to, just as a thank you because that's where I started and that was Mount Waverley. Catholics Cricket Club and uh, dad played there with um, uh, Ronnie Rifle who was Paul Rifle's dad and um, um, you know a lot of family friends we grew up with the, the dads played there and um, I used to play uh, as an eight-year-old I played in the under 16s because they were short so every Saturday I'd bat number 11 and and just field at fine leg but um uh, I was just that mad keen to play cricket. But did I didn't care where I played, where I batted, what I did. I just wanted to play. So that was uh, at Mount Waverley Caths. And then uh, I actually grew up opposite the Mount Waverley Cricket Club, um, which is a sub-district club. So played a lot of my junior cricket there. And then um, at about, I think it was about 15, I ended up going to play at Richmond. So... Um, that sort of that was my sort of pathway, and you know, in that time, sort of, um, you know, getting into some representative um, under sixteen, you know, Victorian sides and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was a, a, you know, back then it was it was a pretty simple pathway for me. So, just uh, name a few of the guys that you uh, went into that Victorian program with. Uh, I'm sure some of the younger listeners will, will know the names, but. Um, you know, I know that you've you've played uh, with with a number of stars, but just going through those under sixteen pathways, who did you go through them with? Uh, quite interesting, AJ. There was quite a, a lot of uh, VF, well now AFL footballers that played in the in the Victorian under sixteen uh, sides in those days. We had. Um, uh, you know, there was, well, in, in terms of cricketers, you know, Paul Rifle played in, in those under-16 sides. Um, we had uh, Jeff Parker, who um, was uh, played at Richmond in the cricket, played state cricket Victoria, but also played AFL footy for Essendon. Um, I think he's still involved somewhere in footy as a talent manager somewhere. Um, there was, uh, who else was there? Um, there was guys by Ian Rigglesworth who went on to play state cricket. Ricky Jackson, who was a, um, you know, played a bit of premier cricket. He played in the under 16 side, but obviously became an AFL footballer with Melbourne and he played somewhere else. I can't remember. Um, there was Mark Bays that played for the, um, ended up playing for the Sydney Swans. So they, they were the sort of guys back then. There was, you know, 
a lot of guys were good at cricket and footy and and um, interestingly, most of those guys sort of ended up going down the footy path, um, probably for obvious reasons back then. Um, and yeah, but but uh, terrific terrific cricket sides, you know those guys growing up, and you know I, every now and again I bump into you know one of them. Um, sadly, there was a guy Dean Bailey who ended up going on to coach Port Adelaide, who passed away a little while ago. But you know he was another one that you know um, ended up obviously in the in the footy um, industry. But um, yeah, great great times growing up in that in that environment. So, you know, back then, um, guys were able to juggle the, the cricket and footy a lot more than what it is now. They basically get uh, told at about, you know, 13, 14 to, uh, to pick one, don't they? Yeah, it is. It's, um, it's interesting. Back then, there was a bit more of an understanding that, you know, if it's cricket season, you're playing cricket. And then when cricket finishes, you can do your footy and those sorts of things. Um, I remember when I was coaching uh, Ringwood, I went out to to coach Ringwood in the um, Premier Cricket. And uh, we had Brett Montgomery playing for us, who is still, I think he's, is he at, uh, where's he at now? He was Cal? with the Bulldogs or Port Bulldog, or something. Bulldogs, somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, he was with Port as well. But yeah, Monty was, um, he used to, you know, play, do things like I'd let him play a practice game over Saturday morning at, you know, with the footy at um, at the Bulldogs. And then, you know, we'd, we'd get to the game half an hour late, but it was pretty understanding back then. But, you know, it certainly wouldn't happen these days. Um, but I remember myself growing up, you know, it was, I wouldn't start footy training until cricket was finished, and but you were straight into it. Um, whereas these days it's a lot different, even not so much at that uh, elite level, even at, um, you know, at, at, at a local level almost there's almost kids are you know i know in some junior competitions are you know they're, they're told not to play cricket or not to play footy type thing so um it's a bit of an issue yeah it is mate but um as you said you moved on to the premier cricket um rubbing shoulders with some of the guys that were running around um at that time um who, who did you play with at richmond who did, who was um some of the guys that you always come up against and um, as, as we said, you know, it is completely different to uh, Premier Cricket at the moment that uh, it, it's, a, it's a younger man's sport uh, and, and those guys that, um, who go on to play uh, state cricket um, back in your, in your days, you would come up against them very regularly, but now um, they're told not to. Yeah, that's right. It was, I never forget uh, myself and Paul Rifle, you know, great, great mate of mine, uh, grew up together. And we both ended up at Richmond at the same time. And I, I remember at the time when the, the Australian captain uh, played at Richmond, that was Graham Yellop. So um, there was uh, Graham Yellop, Jim Higgs, um, another Australian leg spinner. Um, you know, they had a bit of a star-studded side. No, I'm a young bloke, you know, pretty cocky. And, you know, I tried to take Higgsy on in the next one, one night. <laughs> he made me look silly, but... Um, Back in those days, they had, uh, you know, older guys that would um, be captain of the, the lower 11s, the thirds and fourths, um, and they wouldn't actually, they weren't there to, to benefit themselves in terms of their performance. They were there purely just to guide the younger guys. So they'd bat down the order. They wouldn't bowl very much. Um, so uh, they, that was a great learning ground, you know, at a, uh, Russell Sincock, a guy called David Cowper, whose brother Bob was Australian player. 
Um, they were great mentors for me growing up um, at Richmond. And then, you know, I sort of went, I think one year I went from the fourths to the first and then back to the fourths um, in one year at Richmond because it was such a strong club where um, uh, I think I played, you know, my first game at about 16 at Richmond. And um, some of the players there that we played with, you know, there was Rifle, David Saker played there. You know, Ray Bright was um, our captain, Jeff Richardson, Michael Quinn, all these guys at Richmond at the time. I think, you know, we had about six of the state players at Richmond. So regardless of how you did, if you were in the first and they were coming back, you, you ended up getting dropped. So you, you had to work for every run and you didn't give your wicket away because... Um, I remember making about 40 or 45 one day and thought I'd done well, but, um, you know, I found myself next week in the seconds because the state players came back, but, you know, it made you hungry and, and it was a pretty good, um, pretty good place to grow up. And, and you're basically being taught on field um, sort of by those guys uh, at the moment, sort of from the outside looking into premier cricket. Um, it's a very, individual uh based sport cricket but you you do play as a, as a team um having mentioned that you know you had guys like saker rifle um graham yellow these days if if you if you sort of hear of um a guy you know like scott Boland coming back to frankston or something like that um people sort of get really surprised and you know word gets out around the community but back in your day like that was just the norm and i think um, that's why cricket was was so strong. It's not a shock to see these guys coming back um, into that system. No, but exactly right, AJ. That was, um, you know, I, I, my highlight as a young bloke playing in the, um, you know, first 11 um, was, you know, 17 or whatever it might have been. You know, we might have been playing against Essendon or, or whoever, you know, Simon O'Donnell would play. Um, all the state players were playing and quite often, you know, any of the test players would be playing. Um, and, you know, any of the, anyone that had came out of Victoria, obviously, you know, playing against Dino all the time was, you know, that was, um, was good fun. Um, but yeah, that's what you used to do. You used, you used to look ahead at the fixture and go, oh, is there a shield game on? Oh, no, there's not. So, you know, that, that was great. But, um, you know, these days, um, they don't play that often and, you know, with the, the way they've got to be managed and they've got, you know, big contracts and those sorts of things. Um, you know, I think Premier Cricket suffered a lot in, in that way. But as you said, growing up with me, like uh, a coach bothered, you know, Ray Bright, who uh, was coach at Richmond, he, he really didn't, didn't teach me anything technical. He wasn't a real technical coach, but he was a coach that, told, that taught you how to play the game. And, um, you know, that was a lot of on-field stuff. So, um, you know, we had other people, other players would, the senior players would be helping you technically, but but um, I think there's a little bit of that that's gone out of, you know, um, Premier Cricket uh, now. Exactly right. And, and you said, like, when you were 15, 16, going through the Pathway programs and you've been involved in coaching um, the Pathway programs at the you know the back end of your career and you know the last few sort of years what have you seen as a major difference between what it was when you came through and what it is now um, in terms of you know a lot of people just getting picked on on talent aren't they um, rather than back back in time um, you guys were getting you know picked on on uh, performance and you know weight of runs and you know weight of uh, wicket taking yeah, um, correct. It, it's 
yeah, as I said back then, um, it was, uh, you know, at Richmond because it was so strong. And this used to happen at other clubs as well, you know, where they had state players coming back into your side. Um, you know, if you got, sometimes you got 40 or 50, that wasn't good enough. Like, um, you know, and it's just just how it was. So, um, you know, even even to move up in the grades, um, at, at, your, at your club, you used to have, it's, it used to be just about, you know, you used to have to make a lot of runs or be taking wickets all the time. They, they wouldn't just pick guys because, you know, they had a bit of potential. You had to really earn your spot. Um, and I think now in Premier Cricket, I, you know, uh, you don't want to be critical and say back when I played type thing all the time, but you know, I, I did go back and was involved out at Ringwood for a few years. Um, that was, you know, maybe four years ago. Um, and the, the, just the, the talent, the, the pool of talent and the depth of talent was just, and, you know, I spoke about those old guys before that would purely just play just to, you know, help develop, you know, it's um, so different, so different now. And I think that's just society moving as well. Um, but it's, um, I just noticed that the, the, the level of, or the depth in the, the talent in, a, in the club and, and speaking with a lot of the other coaches I had a great chat with Warren Ayres when we played against them he was coaching Carlton um, and you know the, a lot of the same sentiments coming through that the sort of third and fourth 11 is it's really uh, questionable at the moment whether that's you know that should be happening and those players maybe should be back at, at local club level actually strengthening local club cricket so um, yeah it's a lot different now yeah, do you think that, um, and, and we've had a chat about this um, in the past, that with with the first and seconds, obviously they're the two strongest sides, but you almost go back to an old VFL-style list where you had a development um, team, so the seconds play, also the first, but then you've got guys that, you know, you might have another 10 or so on the list that, um, that train at, say, Ringwood, but then they filter back to their local side if they've missed out. Do you think that would be more beneficial for A, um, guys, you know, they get to go back if they're 15 or 16, 17, they miss out. They actually get to go back and play against, uh, you know, grown men. Whereas these days um, in the Premier Thirds and Fourths, you, you look through the list and, you know, you've got guys at 14, 15 who have, who have you know, haven't even played against, um, you know, men yet. Um, and, you know, they struggle uh, to adapt and, you know, sort of don't get past that third 11 for a, for a number of years. Yeah, it's, um, look, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, you know, I, I believe that first and second, exactly what you said, the old like VFL model where you had first and seconds. I think that's, that to me now at a premier club, that's probably enough. Um, because I, you know, I've seen some of those third and fourth eleven sides where you got, you know, you got blokes playing in in those sides for five six years, you know, and and I, I kind of question, you know, what it is because you know clubs at that level aren't really, you know, you're not recognised on winning fourth eleven premierships if they're really truly there for breeding. Um, but I'd I'd like to see in Premier cricket a first and second eleven, you know, a competition. I think. And if you miss out, um, one thing that I, and I don't know, to be honest, AJ, I haven't been involved for a few years, but there was always this thing where sometimes local clubs also didn't want to push up their good players. Um, and I think, you know, from a footy point of view, a local club, if they, if one of their players goes off to play, you know, VFL or, 
you know, whatever it may be gets drafted. You know, that's what it's all about, local sport, local clubs. And um, if those players were back playing at, at local club level, I think local club cricket would be stronger. But you can also then give the opportunity, and it might be once a month, you know, or whatever it may be for those players to play at that premier club you know, on a Sunday or whatever it may be, you know, a, a one-day game so that they still get that chance to actually perform with better players and, and then, you know, possibly get into the second 11 and those sort of things. So I don't think it's great for those guys that play, you know, four years of fourths and thirds, really, to be honest. Um, and and a lot, and, and this is no disrespect to some of those players, but they were never, ever, those players are never going to go play higher. Yeah, and and to be honest, um, sort of speaking to a few people that have played at premier level, and um, it's become quite expensive just to play in the fourths and thirds. And you know, you, you, those guys are getting their parents to, um, you know, to drive you say from Frankston to Geelong um, on yeah. a Saturday morning. Whereas, um, you know, if they miss out, um, yeah, you, you get to play at your local club and, and represent them and. Um, I know there's a few guys, obviously, um, you know, where we're sort of involved with at Sorrento and, you know, they, they were 15, 16 thinking about going, but then they've ended up playing in a first 11 um, senior grand final and a winning grand final at, at 16. And they've played a, a whole year against, um, you know, grown men and they've adapted their games um, that way. Yeah, I, I still, yeah, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, it's... Um, I can't agree more with, you know, a fourth 11, you know, 15 year old kid being driven all over the, the state and, um, and people go, Oh yeah, but you know, we're going to lose talent here. We get, you know, we're not going to identify players. I actually don't believe that's right because the cream will always rise to the top, you know, in, especially in local cricket. Um, and that's why I said there's the opportunity if they had, you know, it might be two Sundays a month where those guys can go and play, you know, in a competition um, they used to have it years ago in um, Premier Cricket. I think it was like an under-23 competition. Um, but you're allowed to have two players over the age of 25, I think it was, or, or whatever it may be. But um, I remember playing in that, and that was always really competitive and really good cricket because you were getting you know, some really good cricketers playing in that. And that's where you can identify talent from. So I don't think that you know, blokes playing in, in those lower grades, you know, you'll have, you'll have definitely have players come through now and again, but those players are going to come through anyway. So um, I, I think it'd strengthen premier cricket as well, um, to be honest, because at a club, when you're trying to run a coaching program for 50 players, um, if you put your coaching resources into, you know, the top, you know, 25 players in the club, um, all of a sudden they're going to be getting better coaching. And that's sort of what we've um, we've seen with the Victorian state setup is that they've had that under twenty three uh, competition um, with the sort of two guys over over twenty three able to play, but that has sort of hindered the uh, state um, setup as well because guys feel like once they get to twenty three, twenty four, twenty five, um, that almost. It's, it's pointless to play Premier Cricket because they're not going to get picked. We see James Seymour um, getting picked up this year just through sheer weight of uh, runs. Yeah. Yeah, runs. Yeah. But why should um, guys be uh, sort of, you know, put back at the age of 27, 28 when they've probably got, you know, could have seven really good years in state cricket? 
Yeah, no, that's I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think um, I think sometimes you you can you can be pigeonholed a little bit in you know in this elite sport level. Um, I think back to uh, Mitchell Johnson. Um, so when I was working with Cricket Australia, um, um, you know, I remember Rod Marsh telling me that Dennis Lilly did a, um, a used to be called Pace Australia, some sort of regional bowling thing up in you know, Queensland somewhere. And Mitchell Johnson was there. And, you know, after Mitchell, uh, Dennis Lilly watched him bowl for five minutes, he rang Rod Marsh and said, you've got to get this kid at the Cricket Academy. He's, you know, he's just a diamond in the rough. And, um, you know, he was younger, obviously. But, um, you know, I think there was Mickey Lewis was another one that didn't come through and, you know, play in the junior ranks. Glenn McGrath didn't do it, you know. So um, I just think that, uh, there's a lot of emphasis placed on those elite programs, uh, pathway programs, which are great. You've got to have them, but it shouldn't be the, the be-all and end-all because you can get a, a guy who might have wanted to look at football and didn't quite make it at football who's a talented cricketer. And if he's 23, 24, you know, there's, he should be given every opportunity if he's, if he's making runs at Premier level to, to get back, you know, get into the system. And you're seeing a lot more uh, movement between states and um, guys in Premier Cricket, uh, especially from Victoria, moving you know down to Tasmania or over to, to South Australia. Um, for example, you know Eamon Vines, who has been on the cusp of you know Victorian selection for the last few years, and through sheer weight of numbers, you know should probably have a Victorian contract, um, a bit like James Seymour, but you know and um, Braden Stepien as well. They've they've moved on to Tasmania, and you know we've lost those guys um, possibly down to another state. Yeah, no, look, it's right, um, but I also yeah, and that uh, it's right. I know. Um, just Matt Foddier from Ringwood went down to play in Tassie last year. I think he's back at Ringwood this year, um, you know, just to try and, and, and get into that uh, state setup. Um, and, you know, but back when I grew up to like to move states, you you know, if you were playing Premier Cricket, it was a little bit unheard of, you know. So, um, whereas now this is, do, players do do that to try and get in there. But I'd also say that a little bit like going from local cricket to Premier Cricket, cricket you can you can make a lot of runs at local uh, level or take a lot of wickets but you you mightn't quite have what it's required to actually play at the next level in terms of your discipline and your fitness and you know all those sorts of things I've seen a lot of and I hear it a lot at local level you know oh that guy you know he could have played he could have played this or played that but that's why um, you know there's also sometimes players who mightn't dominate massively at the local level but they become really good premier crickets because they're great preparers they got you know they look after themselves they're fit you know they they, they want to learn so you kind of got to look at it both ways as well but yeah I, I just I just um I think with um the, the whole thing with cricket it's sort of um you should never close a door in any sport really on anyone and I'm wrapped to see these mid-season drafts with with footy now like i I saw the the obviously killed a man, you know, AJ, but that Cooper Sharman. Yeah. You now he was playing second eleven South Australian football and and someone said you gotta you gotta get this kid. He's he's good, you know, and have a look. He's had four great games at Bob. You know, he's done well for four games at the Saints this year. So I'm not sure what age he is, but but he's probably hasn't come through the the natural pathway. 
Exactly right. And then, obviously, you got your chance to make your Victorian debut as an opening batter. Um, how, how was that? And, you know, what was the experience like, you know, looking around the Victorian dressing room, you know, just playing with uh, a number of quality guys and, um, you know, you played a handful of games, but you spoke about, you know, the step up from Premier to State Cricket. What was it like for you? Oh, look, AJ, I remember growing up, I remember mum saying to me, mum, once about year nine or 10 or whatever it was, she said, you know, well, what are you going to do when you leave school? And I just said to mum, I'm, I'm just going to play cricket. You know, I hadn't even thought about, you know, that didn't even enter my mind. But um, I, when I went to Richmond, I, I, there was a lot of state players there and there was some, a couple of guys called Warren Whiteside. Um, um, I can't think of the other guys now, no, now but, but they spoke so fondly about, um, you know, uh, representing Victoria at second 11, playing cricket over in England, you know, and I remember I was only, you know, 15 or something at the time and I just said, I want to do that, you know, and then it was a long haul I, at Richmond because uh, it was such a successful club, you know, and I, I played some state second 11 cricket while I was there, but, um, you know, I I made a decision. I thought if I, if I want to want to get to the next level, I've got to go somewhere else and, and put pressure on myself to, you know, to try and be the best player at that club and uh, ended up going out to Ringwood and had a great, one great year, you know, um, we got to the semi-finals. I got a big hundred in the semi, got into the state set up. Um, you know, I'd, I'd been in squads and that before, but actually um, into the, the top squad and yeah, did well in the trial games and, and those sorts of things. And yeah, ended up getting a game, but it was just, um, yeah, it was obviously excitement, but I just, I just, um, I kind of thought I'd, I'd earned it, you know, for all those years of hard work. And, you know, I look back now and hindsight's a great thing, but, you know, technically I, I probably, you know, probably needed to change some technique things, but, um, you know, and probably, and, and didn't, but um, yeah, Dean Jones, Captain Move Hughes, you know, Paul Rifle was playing, who's a great mate of mine. So that was a thrill to play with him. You know, Darren Berry, um, uh, really good side um, um, back in, in those days. And um, as I said, I played a handful of games, you know, some shield and one days and that sort of thing, but um, would have loved to have done better. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I got there. And as I said, you don't look back with too many regrets, but cricket gave me, you know, with that opportunity playing in England and, you know, I played in Darwin when I was younger for a couple of off seasons up in Darwin. Um, I just love cricket. So it was great, great times. There's a couple of things there that you said. Um, you made it through a number of, of squads to get into that big side. So that's probably a little bit different to where we're at now is that, you know, guys are getting um, sort of just plucked out straight from, from Premier. There's not those extra squads because of the age restrictions. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, the sheer amount of cricket that you played to get there. Um, I also spoke to, as I said, um, Cam White uh, the other day, and and he said the best thing he did was go over and play county cricket because you're playing three or four times uh, a week, whereas over here um, there's so much more training. You've got the uh, restrictions put on you from a bowling point of view. Um, 
but if you if you played more you know games um you know one day games or you know whether it be more um sort of premier games um you can really enhance your ability you know probably quicker than what we're seeing at the moment i couldn't agree more i I remember when i went to england um um you know i was a pro at a club over there and um, you know, quite often a lot of overseas players can go there and they get caught up in a, a lot of the off-field activity, uh, <laughs> which I'm not saying I didn't do. But um, but that was great to be at a club there where, you know, the, I remember sitting down with the committee, you know, or, or over the phone, I'd speak to them and said, what do you want me to do? You know, and they said, well, you're going to bat for 45 overs and you're going to bowl 22 overs. You know, like yeah. it was, you know, and and back then in, um, in that league cricket up there, it was, we, you know, it was... You know, some of those local players wouldn't have played Premier Cricket here, but, you know, the pressure was on you to perform every week, week in, week out. And, you know, we're playing against guys like Joel Garner was a pro for another one of the other clubs up there north, uh, Roger Harper, you know, a number of West Indian players. Um, a guy by the name of Hilton Ackerman was the South African, went on to play cricket for South Africa. There was some, some terrific players over there and, and I, I, I thrived on that because it, every week you had to had to try and do well, you know. And um, I think that held me in really good stead. And I actually treated it like it was, you know, for my cricket. It, you know, yes, it was great socially, but um, it made definitely made me a better player playing cricket all the time over there. And um, um, I, I'd say to young kids now that even at local level growing up, you know, you want to try and get yourself to England one day because it's the best experience you could ever have. Yeah, so after you obviously played your, your state stuff and uh, you wrapped up your premier career, you uh, come down and um, coached um, and played at Sorrento and then, you know, coached at Tilbrook and played there. But um, we spoke about a, a few things um, off the podcast about, you know, people getting into the game of cricket and what your philosophies are around, you know, your under 10s and, and how that, you know, all these uh, restrictions and, and uh, you know, ha- how little they actually get to participate in the game on a Saturday um, is hindering uh, their their um, enhancement in the game. You know, we spoke about, you know, the basketball. It's over and done with, what, in 45 minutes? Um, yep. Whereas your under-10 game, you know, might go for three hours on a Friday night or, you know, Saturday morning. And, and a child, you know, facing, what, 10, 12 balls. So um, you have a few thoughts around, you know, what we could do to enhance that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I finished Premier Cricket, you know, because I had the role with, um, basically took a role up with Cricket Australia, you know, with the, the, the was back then Kanga Cricket. And as we know it now, the Milo program that was in the clubs, I think it's called Woolworths now. But so I was involved in the establishment of that in Victoria and then nationally. And that, and that was something that was really needed at the time because we had development officers going into schools with grade three and four, but they couldn't go and play at a local club because generally it was under 12. So, um, you know, that was that bridging thing. So at the time, that was great. And then um, what I think, well, what I see now with, with other sports, other sports have modified to actually suit, you know, and, and yes, we've got 2020 cricket involved. And it is over quicker for kids, but it can still take up to three hours. And they still limit the amount of balls kids can face and those sorts of things. So um, I, I believe cricket's got to move to something where, um, of a, say, say of that 
that you've got a side of 12 players playing, you actually split that into, into six or, or two sides of eight. Um, and um, it would just mean that the kids would have a lot more time and participation in the game. And even if the field is, you've only got four fielders or five fielders, you know, I don't think that's a major thing because, of, you know, and you rotate the field round in the circle like they do with the junior footy now. You've got to get the game, I think, over quicker. And, and that's what it is. It's a participation type thing. I think we can all get caught up that, you know, there's a kid in under 12s. Oh, we, you know, he's a talented kid. We've got to give him the opportunity. There should be other things in place for those talented kids, which there are. So at a local level to keep kids in the game, they drop out. I see it. No, I've, I know people, um, um, you know, friends of mine, their kids, they go there and I watch them in the field and they're, and they're bored, you know, because uh, they get to bowl one over in their 20 overs or whatever it may be, or maybe two if they're lucky. And they, they're just not participating. So they just, they don't like it. And for the parents, it's three, you know, three, three and a half hours with travel to the ground out of their Saturday morning or Friday night. Um, and it's just, I think that's where, you know, we're losing kids, I believe. Um, at that, just that participation level, I think we, we, we want to keep the traditional side of cricket in it. But it's very hard to do when you want to give, you know, kids kids want to be able to face 30 balls, not not five balls or eight balls. Yeah. And, it, and you know, getting back to when I first came through as a junior, that um, there were, you know, obviously there was the, the standard bowling restrictions, but, you know, yeah. you could you could make your, your 20 or 30 and it didn't really matter um, you know, how long it took you for to do that. You had to get, you know, you had to get out. Um, but now it's it's so um, so much around you know time and you've only got two overs um, you know and being a bowler myself if I was told I could only bowl two overs there's what what's the point so yeah. I understand what you're trying to say and and you do you go you go down and watch the junior cricket and you know there's you got your three or four kids that are you know cricket nuts and then you've got three or four kids that have been dragged down by their mates and then you've got um, who quite enjoy it. And then you've got maybe three others that are just sitting down or they're, you know, trying to um, build sandcastles on the ground or things like that. So, but whereas if those kids actually participated in the whole game um, and like you said, their, their, their levels of enthusiasm towards cricket would grow. Yeah. No, you couldn't agree more. And, and I think in, in, in junior, in junior cricket, especially that the, the good players, the kids who are good, that's where you've got to give them the opportunity in a, in a different environment, those kids that are talented and whatever, because, um, and that's, you know, whether it's representative cricket or whether it's local cricket academies or whatever it may be, that those kids that, that want to, you know, pursue and go on and, and you know, play it, or play it, they might not even know it at the time, but <clears throat> um, people always get worried about those good players aren't going to be able to, you know, be identified. And, and that's where I think it's, um, you know, club cricket's just, and cricket in general, I think it's just got to readjust a little bit and get a little bit more in tune with what, you know, you, I listen to families, you know, some people haven't got three and a half hours of Friday night from five to late 30, you know, with the life's changed, um, you know, the pressures of life now, people are time poor and, um, you know, my brother is a classic example, you know, he loves it because Nick goes and plays his game of footy that's over in, you know, 80 minutes or something like a rubber, but he's on the ground for the whole game. 
you know, and he's and they rotate the all the zones through, so they get a chance at every zone, and they they feel like they're in the game. Um, basketball, he's he's in the game, but he said he you know he went and played cricket, and he said he he just found it so boring. Now that's it's not for everyone, but um, when he was involved in it, he loved it. But he just said you know I was there three hours. Was Uncle Jared, and and you know I I had a bat for eight balls, and then I had bowled one over, and the ball came to me twice in the field. So, yeah, and and I think um, with the COVID situation at the moment, just moving from the 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 real juniors of the local stuff into the senior local cricket. Um, you know, as you know, I did a bit of commentating last year, and and the one day format. I couldn't believe the the crowds that actually come to the games. We we know what it's like playing the two day stuff um, in front of what Ray and Michelle Thomas and maybe three others. Um, yeah. But you, you, I couldn't believe the amount of people that a um, actually came back to cricket because it was a one day format, and b uh, you get guys from footy that could commit because they know that if they had to miss a week, well, so be it. The coaching structure actually um, turned out to be a fair bit easier. You don't have to pre-plan for for two weeks because you know how many guys are tradies um, on the peninsula, and you know can can um, cut their hand on a saw or something during the week, and you know it's all up in the air. But whereas the one-day cricket actually brought it back to life, I know that the two-day stuff is you know traditional, and but I think another year of this COVID stuff and and the one-day cricket. Um, I think it might really um, help the game at a senior local level. I couldn't could not agree more, mate. I, uh, and, and in reality, we look at this two day cricket, and all this two day cricket is it's actually with the way the rules are. You know, you don't have to. It's not like a, a test match where you've got to you know bowl the side out to win or you know whatever it may be. It's just an extended one day game anyway, yeah. <laughs> really. Um, and I. I, I, I'm strong on this and just speaking to a lot of people who at the time, when it came out, oh shit, we're playing all one day games, you know, blah, blah, blah. I actually think that um, in the end, most people were turned around because they're in the game every week. Everyone's in the game and um, it gives the ability for some older guys that, who can't maybe commit to every single week, and especially in the second, you know, the second grade. Yeah. Um, you know, they might have been really good local players, but they're a bit older, like yourself. Um, and, you know, they can come back in and they don't have to play every week. And I think cricket's got to accept that a little bit, that you can have transient players in and out of that to help the, the younger players. Um, and then, you know, I heard that uh, things like, and we had a chat offline about this, where, you know, a talented player, he, he couldn't score in a one-day game. Um, you know, because that wasn't his style and you hit it on the head when you said it, you know, what did that club do to try and actually change that kid, young kid? I think he was 16, wasn't he? Or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. So that gets back to how the kid's being coached and, and where cricket's going. So um, it's no different to football now. You know, players are actually trying to play the, the game they were last year with shorter quarters in the AFL and the different rules with the 666, you know, You've got to actually train your players to play under the under whatever the conditions are. So, and and that's right. And it's a, I see it as a you know it's no um, disrespect to to anyone you know at sixteen or seventeen who just you know aren't going to go out and blast the ball around the park. But they've got to like you said they've got to adapt. But it's actually I see it as a a real benefit for them because 
you can't pigeonhole yourself as just a two-day cricketer. You're only 16. How, how do you know when you're going to develop when you're 18, 19? You might change it around. But if you have the ability now at 16, 17 to just manipulate the field and rotate the strike, um, and especially um, if they open open the batting, you know, there's only two guys allowed out. Um we know what a lot of the local, you know, bowlers are going to do. They'll, they'll probably have still have a seven-two field, or you know, maybe like a six-three. But there's plenty of opportunities to actually score, and it, and it shouldn't be all about the boundaries. They could have a role to, you know, to bat the twenty-five overs. But yes, that's not to be, you know, twenty not out. They still need to be, you know, forty, fifty not out. But it's by rotating the strike and hitting the odd occasional um, bad ball for four, rather than. Oh, they have to be, you know, 40 off 25 balls. You, you still need the different kind of cricketers in a winning formula. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I get back to it's not that it's not that player's fault. And that I'm not talking it can be a 16-year-old or it could be a 25-year-old, you know. It's actually how they're coached and how they're, you know, um, you know I, I listen to it all the time. You know, a coach will say, you know, you've got to be more aggressive. You know, and the bloke looks at him and goes, you know, what, they don't actually understand what that means. So you've got to break it right down. And I went back and, and you know, I do this to a cricket club when I go and do a, a session there, a local club, and I say, okay, put your hand up. All the, all the people who bowl, you go on that side, right? All the people who bat, you go that side. And the people who bat and bowl, you go in the middle, right? And I watch them, you know, they all, you know, work around. They have a bit of a laugh. So I say to the bowlers, so you don't bat at all. You know, because yeah. everyone should be going really yeah. into the middle. Yeah. You know? Because I say, you know, especially in 2020, I think 2020 um, cricket and one day cricket has actually been, and you watch it now at the, the skill level of in, in these, you know, one day games and that. Um, I think it's great. And I, I think, I actually think it could be a bit of a saviour for local cricket, the one day stuff. Yeah. So not, not, I- not that it's not that it's going to tip over, but. I just think you're going to get more more better players playing. Oh, I totally agree, and and it was great when you were commentating because you saw the guys that retired um, that you'd played against. They all come back down and catch up with their mates. Um, yep. They saw a result. Um, majority of the one day stuff is you know it's quite tight. Um, and I even witnessed like games where the first side was getting bowled out for ninety, but the pressure's still on, and they defended it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you score. It's There's still a game on it. Um, and you know that you're going to have a result every day. Um, I think, you know, revenue will, will increase into cricket clubs through, you know, canteen, bar, so on, so on. Um, I also actually want to see, you know, a bit of T20 brought into the season in terms of potentially like your seconds playing at, you know, for example, 12.30 and maybe your, your seniors kicking off at three. Um to get that atmosphere, you know, back around because cricket, you know, you see your first and seconds. Um, if you if you if you don't place it seconds, then you've never played with some guys ever. So yeah. how do you actually know what they're doing? You might see them at training, but you actually don't get to see anything. Um, whereas if it was maybe like a couple of T20s towards Christmas that was on a Saturday, or whether you know you put it in. Um, and, you, you know, you did that sort of thing. I still think that's going to enhance um, the cricket as well at a local format. I, I couldn't agree more. And Premier Cricket did do this well where in their 2020 comps, they'd have the seconds play first and the 
um, and then the first, and then alternatively, I think in the thirds and fourths, I think the fourths would play third, uh, first and the, and the third, second, you know, on, a, on yeah. another ground. But that was great because you had, you basically had four sides there, you know, the first and seconds, you know. Yeah. Um, and the seconds and the first players, one got a chance to actually watch the seconds players play. So it actually helped them in terms of yeah, some of the senior players in the first 11 being able to watch these guys play under match condition because, as we know, totally different to watching them play in the nets. Yeah. Um, and that's getting back to you made the point earlier, you know, I learned more by actually playing with good players, not by, you know, everything happening at training. Yeah. I think sometimes cricket and the way it's, it's done, training is just, it's done because it's been done that way 100 years, especially at local level. So... Um, I think that'd be great, especially the, you know, you look at Sorrento, how good would it be for the seconds to play and then be able to stay around, watch a first and vice versa, the first get there and watch them. I think it'd be, be awesome and um, should be encouraged. And I think, well, and, and just the off, off field sense of it is that you, you do get to spend time with those guys. You get to go down and watch them because a local cricket club is tailored towards their first. Let's not lie about that. You know, yeah. it's all about realistically, it's all about playing first and winning a first level flag. Yes. Um, a good club will concentrate on their seconds, their thirds, you know, developing guys up, but ultimately at the end of the year, you want your first 11 to be successful. However, if you get to watch your seconds or if you get to watch the, the thirds or whoever it may be before your first 11 game, it only brings cricket clubs tighter and, and not that, and you don't have that feeling of, oh, well, you play in the thirds, I'm not going to hang out with you. Or, or you know, yeah, I've yeah, never seen yeah. you play sort of thing. And how good would it be if a, you know, a 14, 15 year old kid debuts in the third 11 and gets to play in front of the first um, before, before the first go out to play? Like, no, it'd, it'd no. make a cricket club just be um, a place to be. I actually spoke to a, a, a guy at a club I did, a, I won't name the club, but did a session last year and, and he was just all about this, you know, an older guy, you know, this this one day stuff, it's no good, it's, you know, whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I looked around and I was actually went and watched the game, you know, just dropped by yeah. after golf actually of a Saturday and had a look. And I said, gee, you got a lot of people here. He goes, oh, yeah, they, they love the one day comp. Yeah. <laughs> so, I said to him, well, that's good for the club, mate. you got your bar open, you got your hamburger thing going and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, I, I just, I said to him, you know, you go and watch your local, you watch football, you don't go and watch your first half one Saturday and go and watch the second half the next week. Yeah. You know, and I said, you got people at the game here. And he goes, yeah, I understand. But he goes, it's no good for, for the, uh, for cricket. And I, 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 struggled to understand what he meant and he talked about some young players and I said well those guys are actually those guys were playing seconds last year at 16 they're 17 now you've got them in the first 11 yeah because they've actually developed their game for one day cricket so it's good you can't you know so it's an interesting discussion but the, I know a lot of guys and you 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 would have done this speak a lot of guys that played local cricket last year absolutely loved it yeah so and I and I spoke to them at the start of the year, and they were, you know, like you said, a bit hesitant. You know, I know, yeah. you know, we're two day traditional, you know, playing. Um, you know, I don't know how I'm going to back up each week to play. Um, but realistically, it's the same amount that you spend in the field. It's it's forty overs each 
um, each yeah. day. But obviously, if you do bat as well, but I, I, you you're in the game the whole day, and and yeah. like even if you, I made a point, and I said, you know, if I was at 16, 17, 18, and I'm and I'm playing, and I've and I've bowled three or four overs, and and, and it's contributed to a really good win. I'd be I'd be stoked to to be able to celebrate that that night and, yeah. and be around the club. Yeah. Whereas the two day stuff, like you said, if you've done really well, you've still got to go and play eighty overs the next week in completely different conditions. Who knows what the conditions are? Is it raining? Is it forty five degrees? Whereas you're playing the same conditions on the one day. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more, mate. And I and it's probably taken COVID for for local cricket to realise that, hey, we don't have to play the traditional two-day. And, and you know what? Once again, there's an opportunity there for local cricket. If you want to test some of these guys on, on a longer f- format, well, let them play a representative thing of a, of a Sunday. And if they want to play, you know, and, and if that's a stepping stone for them to try and then go and play Premier cricket, well... You know, you can you can cater for those people. Yeah. If you want, you can have a in the down. You know, on the peninsula, you can have a, I don't know, north versus south or whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, for for those talented players, they don't have to be every Sunday. It can be once a you know once or, or whatever a month where, you know, they play extended you know a ninety over game or a hundred over day. So, you know, you've got to yeah. I, I just think it's um. I actually think it's a bit of a blessing. In, yeah. in what's happened last year. Oh, and so do I. And um, I think you'll find more and more, um, you know, guys around, you know, that 36, 37 that were going, yeah, I might not play. I don't know, you know, two-day stuff, you know, it does take it out of me. Um, you know, how do I plan for work? You know, a lot of the guys down here are tradies. How hard do they battle leading up to Christmas? Whereas if you know that they're going to miss the one week before Christmas, well, you can plan, you plan that at the start of the year. Yeah, and and I, I couldn't agree more. And I think, well, I, I just know that when I went back, you know, at Tookaroop there, you know, I'd be able to get to afternoon tea okay in the field. But, mate, you know, it just for the, that last couple of hours, I, I was, you know, yeah. I was cooked, you know, and that's because I was old. But um, but one-day cricket, I loved the one-dayers were great, yeah. you know, because, you know, if I had to bat, I, I could only bat. Not that I ever batted for 40 overs, but, you know, and you're in the field 40 and, and, and you get a result. Exactly right. And and realistically, the five uh, bowlers that are required brings, you know, brings guys into the game. It doesn't have, you know, this, this the uh, old silly fast bowlers um, like I was bowling 30 overs in innings and, yeah, and breaking right. down all the time. Um, you know, the 16-year-olds, the you know, can bowl, you know, six overs and still contribute with the bat later on in the day. So that's what you've got to think of. You don't have to wait, um, you know, as a bowler, towards the back end of my um, last year, and or probably my last year at Sorrento, when I think Nick, Jewel and that were making hundreds for fun, I batted yeah. three times maybe in the yeah. year or, or to deep into the year. And I thought, well, I'm actually not playing every second week. Yeah. What am I doing? I'm I'm sitting here. I could be, yeah. you know, could you miss a lot of you, yeah. you miss a lot of things. Um, I could be doing other things, I could be working, I could be doing that. But with the one day format, you're actually in the game the whole time. Well, that's what I love about golf, mate, because I know that every Saturday I'm gonna go and have a hundred shots, you know. Yeah. So well, 
not 100, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but and that's and that's why I, I think it's great. I really do local cricket, and I hope I hope it, it um, it's something that continues more so than playing these boring uh, two day cricket. Yeah, and quite often with that you say with that two day cricket, you can. What I found in local level is that you know you could go out and make two eighty, you know three hundred or whatever it was. And you knew the other side were never ever a chance to get it. Yeah. You know, so the second week it was good, you win the game. But in a one day competition, I actually think it brings the better sides and the weaker sides a little bit closer. Um, the better sides are probably still going to win. Yeah. But you know, you only you only need to one guy on the other side to have a bit of a day out and get 50, you know, off 40 balls, and all of a sudden, yeah, I, I just yeah, it was and I reckon there's probably been clubs on the peninsula last year and you'd know better than this. It actually, it, it helped that club actually become a, a better side, you know, I could not great. agree more, mate. Um, I looked at it last year and, and it's not speaking out of term that sky have probably struggled for a number of years, you know, and, yep. and a side like Rye, you know, getting beaten outright pretty much every, every week, yep. or every game, but you know, sky have come and beat Bonio who were on top at the time. They, they yep. knocked off, uh, the top sides, right? It, it you know were in games longer. They brought it down to the down to the death. They may not have won, but the kids that they had playing who were 15, 16, getting rolled twice every game, yeah, losing confidence. Well, they're actually in the game. Yeah, correct. So no, I couldn't agree more. So I think it's I think it's great what's happening at local level and and the way things are going. It's you know I don't know what's happened down there, BJ, with the if they've talked about fixtures or anything yet, but um, I hope they they don't just go back to the traditional, you know, a lot of two days. I don't know. Is that the case? Or? Uh, I think at the start it was, but now with all this COVID stuff, I think they'll do the the seven one days with the white ball and seven one, uh, one days with the red ball. Yeah. Uh, so is that that's a home and away type thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, I think that's perfect. It uh, works perfectly. Um, you know, you get to play each other twice. And like you said, you're in the same conditions. Um, you can't you can't do anything to the to the field over over the week. You can't cut it. It's the same conditions on the day. You take out all that crap, you know that you know that some clubs may do. So, um, well, I'll, I'll give you an example. When um, at Sorrento, when we were in the bottom, you know, when I went down yeah. there in the subbies, and we play we play all the local clubs, you know. And then as we went up and we got into the provincial in the top or whatever it was called back then, but the top grade, all of a sudden we're playing against Long Island and, um, you know, sides up that way. And I used to think, you know, who's going to come and watch us at Long Island? It's a 45-minute drive from down there or whatever it is to go up. And then, you know, if I'm a parent, and I've done this with Tom, where text me if you're batting or bowling and I'll, you know, because... I didn't want to, you know, go and sit there and watch Tom in the field for 80 overs. Yeah. I would, but, you know, um, but whereas if it's a one-day game, you can just, you know, there's going to be a result. You know who you're going to watch is going to either bat or bowl, you know, whatever it may be. And that's why you're getting some people back to games, I think. So, Absolutely, 100% agree, mate. Uh, look, we could talk about this for, for a number of hours and I think um, what we'll do is we'll definitely get you back on uh, the podcast uh, in a in a month or so, hopefully when the local season's kicked off and we'll, we'll continue to, you know, chat some premier stuff and, and, and local cricket. But uh, 
Jared, thank you very much for, for joining me on the podcast. And uh, once again, uh, this episode is with thanks to Solar Heart Melbourne and Mornington Peninsula. If you need any solar uh, gear, get in contact with uh, Jared down there and he'll sort you out. Also, thanks to the other sponsors, Capital Edge, uh, Evolve in Somerville and Seven Sun Cricket. Uh, this is episode three of Inside the Pavilion. Thank you. Oh, what a-